Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. After a little bit of drama, DeAndre Ayton is staying in Phoenix, at least for now. The Blue Jackets shocked all of hockey with a massive free agent signing, and Lamar Jackson is a top 10 player in the NFL. Starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports, you're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Lots going on in the NBA the last couple of weeks. DeAndre Ayton, we didn't know where he was going, if he was staying, if he was going. Now we have an answer after a little bit of drama. So Brendan Clean from Locked On. Suns is going to join us to talk about it. So earlier today, it looked like he might be heading out of town, but Phoenix finally calling him back home. So how did this all come about? Very quickly, yeah. Somewhat out of nowhere, we knew the Pacers were one of the only teams left in the NBA that actually had capped space, especially the amount that it was going to take to get that max offer over to Ayton. They do that. They actually cut a few players to get this done and sign him to that offer sheet. But because he was a restricted free agent, the Suns have the right to match. We always knew that was an option in their back pocket. And the reporting is three minutes later, they went ahead and made their announcement. Uh, yes, we're going to go ahead and keep him. So after the the game seven fiery exchange between him and the coach and everything else, he's going to be a son for at least uh, a little while here. Is this the right move? I mean, obviously there's tons of Kevin Durant talk and all about this overhaul. And obviously they were disappointing in the playoffs compared to their regular season record, but he's brought so much to this team the past couple of seasons. Is this the right move to keep him? I think from a pure talent standpoint, from a pure fit standpoint, yes. I mean, I think the answer is yes. You looked around the trade landscape when it came to sign and trade possibilities heading into free agency, and there were options that I expected to get a little bit more steam than than actually did. I thought there were good players or even trade uh, draft pick trades that that could have come down. Those probably weren't going to make the Suns better. Some of them were going to make the Suns worse, and he's young still, so he can get better. And so I think you're completely right. Uh, setting aside all the problems that happened come the end of the playoff run i just think he he's too good too important to this team to just let go for nothing and once the sign and trade stuff didn't pan out for them i think this was all that they really had left was just to try to make it work and bring a really talented player back into the fold absolutely hopefully now he's got his money we can just put everything behind us and kind of move forward i would hope but obviously kevin durant's name's still out there he said he wanted to go to phoenix is there any way to get this done now without Aiton being involved in this. Absolutely. I think from the jump, and you could believe it or not, Sean Marks, the general manager or whoever, has made it known pretty loudly through leaks and everything else that the Nets didn't have interest in DeAndre Aiton. And at first, I was pretty skeptical. Like, sure, you say that about the best player, the centerpiece of the package of the team you're negotiating with. You just go out there and say, oh, we we don't want that guy. Of course, we're not taking him. But the more that time passed and you started to hear some floated offers from plugged in national reporters and everything else of, you know, Mikhail Bridges, another young player on this team, Cam Johnson, another young wing on this team, and maybe some salary going back and forth. Like those were the things we had heard lately. Those were the types of offers that you were hearing. And then obviously a ton of draft picks. So when that started to leak out, that was part of what got me thinking. Maybe Aiton does come back. Maybe he was never part of this negotiation from the beginning. And then the the way that his contract works and him being restricted for agent, it made it a lot more complicated in terms of salary 
as well. So maybe getting him out of the picture now, they can just settle on, okay, it's going to be Bridges, it's going to be Johnson, and then what else? Maybe that's where this thing goes. I definitely do not think those dreams are dead for the Suns. Brendan will keep an eye daily on the movements of the sun. You can find Locked on Suns everywhere you get your podcasts, including the Odyssey app. Thanks for making Locked on Sports today. Your first listen coming up, the Blue Jackets made a huge free agency splash, and we will look at how it changes the NHL landscape. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. We're going to look at the odds to win next year's Stanley Cup. According to Bet Online, the defending champs, Colorado Avalanche, are plus 400. Carolina Hurricanes are plus 1,000. Some of the best teams from last year, the Florida Panthers, plus 1,100, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, plus 1,100 as well. The Maple Leafs, also plus 1,100, and the Columbus Blue Jackets, who we're going to talk more about, they're plus 6,600 at this point. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. After the first round of the Open Championship, a rookie holds the lead. 25-year-old Cameron Young turned in an 8-under 64 and tied the best performance in a major tournament debut. He played in the morning when the wins at St. Andrews weren't quite as bad and pronounced as they were in the afternoon. The players facing a much more daunting task at that point. Tiger Woods, for example, is far off the pace after shooting the second worst score in his career at the British Open with a 78. Looking for a historic third straight home run derby title, Pete Alonso will open up the derby against Ronald Acuna Jr. on Monday night at Dodger Stadium. These two actually faced off against each other in the second round of the 2019 home run derby with Alonso winning it at the buzzer. Alonso is just the third player to win back-to-back home run derby titles, and he would join Ken Griffey Jr. as the only player with three. Rounding out the field is the Red Sox, Kyle Schwarber, the Dodgers, Corey Seager, the Nationals, Juan Soto, the Guardians, Jose Ramirez, the Mariners' rookie sensation, Julio Rodriguez, and the Cardinals' future Hall of Famer, Albert Pujols. The Cincinnati Reds and the New York Yankees capped off one of the more nail-biting home series for the Bronx Bombers this season with the second straight extra innings affair. (laughs) I I mean... The Cincinnati Reds have won two out of three at Yankee Stadium. What is this team? Whoa. That was never easy. Lord knows. That bullpen. Oh, my gosh. I thought the bullpen was going to implode, and it kind of did. I mean, Jeff Hoffman blew a three-run lead in the eighth inning, but they, they did just enough. Just enough, and the Cincinnati Reds win a series at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yes. Oh, that feels good. That that today, it's a good day to be a Cincinnati Reds fan. And the San Diego Padres are probably really tired right about now with the Colorado Rockies. This is Paul Holden of the Locked on Rockies podcast. The Colorado Rockies continue to be the kryptonite to the San Diego Padres. And what continues to be a pretty surprising thing, I think, to people on the outside is not anything new to Rockies fans as this Rockies-Padres series comes down to the Rockies winning 
three out of four games. And again, the Rockies have now won eight of the 11 ball games for the Rockies in the season series. They continue to dominate the Padres in 2022. They were a reason the Padres didn't get in the playoffs before uh, in last year. So uh, this is a pretty big development and the Rockies go out and have a really nice stretch against a long divisional stretch of baseball. A lot of confidence in Colorado, a lot of things to feel good about, but a lot of work left to do for the Rockies. We'll break it all down right here on Locked on Rockies. Here is another story you need to know. NHL free agency well underway. So, of course, we have to check in with our insider, our Locked On NHL and Locked On Islanders host, Gil Martin, here with me. And it didn't take long for us to have a big name, find a new place, but it wasn't where we were expecting. Johnny Goudreau told the Flames he wasn't going to resign with them. And, you know, many people thought maybe he'd be heading home. He's from South Jersey, but he ends up in Columbus. So how did that come about? Yeah, that was a big surprise to a lot of people. And, you know, he uh, basically he went down to Columbus for a visit and kind of fell in love with the place, uh, which is understandable. I've been to Columbus, uh, even though I'm a Michigan alum, so I, I may not admit okay. it publicly, but <laughs> it, it, Columbus was a nice uh, place to visit. And all, all joking aside, uh, he really fell in love with the place. And he really, at the end of the day, left money on the table because the Flames would have paid him a little bit more, but he felt it was time for a change and it ends up that the Devils, the Islanders, and the Flyers are on the outside looking in. And pick in on one of those teams. I mean, the Flyers, he basically was saying, sign me, sign me, I'll go there for whatever. And they couldn't find a way to do that. What's going on in Philadelphia right now? Yeah, they needed to free up some cap space. And they were hoping to free up about $7 million by making a trade. Couldn't quite pull off the trade in time. And it just sort of fell through their fingers. I, I think that was a big mistake on the part of the Flyers. And now, you know, this was a, a player they could really build around. They're in a rebuilding mode. Mm-hmm. And now uh, they're they're back a few steps in their process of rebuilding. With the, some of the names that have gone off the board so far, which team do you feel like really has changed their identity at this point and really moved forward with some of their new signings? Well, Columbus has to be at the top of that list. I mean, you, you get Johnny Hockey. He was the number one guy on everybody's list. And now all of a sudden, you know, they are looking good. Tampa Bay made some good moves. I think the New York Rangers also made some good moves. Uh, but it, it's still early in the process. You know, the, the first day you get those big headline-grabbing uh, signings. And then day two, day three, day four, not as many headlines. But a lot of the time you'll get players who – make a difference for their respective teams, but not going to get as much media attention. Absolutely. But that's the important part, right? You got to get the role players that fill those spots so that you can contend for a Stanley Cup. So going forward of the names that are still available, who's someone you have your eye on or who would be a great fit in a certain place? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Nazem Kadri still out there. And, and that's, I think, a big one. Uh, you know, won a Stanley Cup with the Avalanche, has a number of teams that are, uh, still interested in him. And since Colorado re-signed, you know, Josh Manson, Darren Helm, and Arturi uh, Letkinen, they may not have any room for Kadri. So he's out there, scored 28 goals last year, definitely available. Uh, and then John Klingberg, uh, the defenseman, he's still out there. And, uh, you know, they Dallas signed Colin Miller for less money. So, uh, they're not going to bring him back. Carolina acquired Brent Burns in, in a very interesting trade. 
So they're probably not there. It remains to be seen where Klingberg is going, but uh, he's he's out there and he's a good guy to get if they, if teams are looking for a defenseman. Gil, will keep you up to date on the Islanders and the league-wide news each and every day. You can catch Locked On Islanders and Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts, including Odyssey. Coming up, Lamar Jackson is a top 10 NFL player, and I can't believe we have to keep talking about it. Stay with us. Lamar Jackson has created electric play after electric play in his short NFL career so far, and he's proven himself as a top player in the league. There are some that need to be reminded of that, though, as James Rapine and Tony Wiggins of Locked On NFL have pointed out. So ESPN interviewed over 50 executives, coaches, mm-hmm. players, and they did their positional rankings, and they do this every year. And Lamar Jackson, not in the top 10. And it, it, I'm going to tell you what it is right, right away. Yeah. Everybody's coming up with all of these, well, the NFL hasn't adapted to these type of quarterbacks, and, and that might be true. It's because he's asking for money, and, and they don't like the way he's doing it. He's doing it without an agent. And – Athletes, certain athletes get a bad rap and they look greedy when they have to ask for money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people go, they'll tell you in a minute, you never seen Drew Brees go through this. He never had to. Mm-hmm. But you never saw this guy go through, he never had to. If I'm an MVP in my first couple of years in the league and I sacrifice and give my body and they built that team around him and they are not the same team, I don't care what stats somebody puts up when Lamar isn't playing, they don't win when, when Lamar isn't playing. They, they, one, they need to pay him. And they need to quit joking around with it and give that man his money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that has as much to do with people's opinions of him than, than anything. And I looked at the list, and the list is, the list is a really good list. There, there are at least two guys on there at the very end. Dak Prescott's one of them. I would not put Dak Prescott ahead of Lamar. And I know you're going to faint because I just said something negative about a Dallas Cowboy. I like Dak. Dak, Dak ain't Lamar. Not. He's not the same. They're, they're I, different. It's not even close. No. By the way, I, I'm just, I'll be very clear because that's the one that stood out to me the most. Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott aren't even in the same arena. From no. a quarterback standpoint. You're right. And, You're right. you know, you could say oh, the Cowboys had the number one offense and they throw it all over the field and their defense this and it a bit. Man, I'm telling you, you ask a defensive coordinator who they would prefer to face. Exactly. I would face Dak Prescott all day long over Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's never had, you know, the weapons that Dak Prescott had even last year. And so that's the part of this. Like, obviously, he's a top 10 quarterback. Do, do I blame NFL evaluators for putting Joe Burrow ahead of Lamar? No. Or Justin Herbert ahead of Lamar? No, because I, I get it. I understand. You look at him and they're like, wow, that's crazy. You know, Matt Stafford moves up the list because he won a Super Bowl. I get it. I understand those. But right. Dak Prescott, what the hell are we talking about? Dak Prescott, what does he want? And people are going to say, oh, well, what does Lamar want? He's won an MVP with a team that has been built around him, sure. But in a passing league, they have not given him a ton of weapons. At they all. Have not. At he, all. He, has no, he doesn't have an Amari Cooper there. There's no Amari no. Cooper in Baltimore. No, no, no D.D. Lamb there. You know. C.D. Lamb. Yeah. So, no, you're right. They, they failed. And, and they failed in a, in a couple of ways offensively. And I love their coach, by the way, uh, John Harbaugh. 
but I'm I'm not I'm not a huge fan of their offensive coordinator. And him and Lamar have kind of like been going back and forth, you know, or a couple of times. They they sort of Lamar said the people know what our plays are when we come up to the line of scrimmage when they hear us. Mm-hmm. And the, the OC goes, everybody knows everybody's plays in the league. Mm-hmm. Which might be true, but you lack a little bit of creativity, and they also lack creativity in the way that they weaponize the team. Um, they do a real good job at drafting tight ends and interior linemen. They are yeah. terrible at adding wide receivers. Absolutely well, horrific. I like the kid they got last year, Bateman, but Bateman, he got hurt. Too. He tore his, yeah. tore his you know, hamstring, and it took him a while to get healthy, and by that time, Lamar wasn't healthy, so we yet to really see what they can do, but other teams like KC, for example, when they had Tyreek Hill and they had other guys, you still heard people saying they need another wide receiver, right? Am I mm-hmm. right or wrong? Right. They, they need another wide out. When, when they already had guys, honestly, the Bengals had two good receivers and they still drafted Jamar Chase. No doubt. And I, I was the one saying, I because I am very much a team receiver. I think weapons matter. The NFL continues to be a league of what have you done for me lately. Apparently being the MVP in 2019 isn't good enough for some of these NFL execs who think that Lamar Jackson isn't one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's trying to get a new deal. He should get his money from Baltimore. And if he doesn't, he's going to get a lot of money elsewhere because there are tons of teams that would die for a quarterback of his skill set. I know Bernard Pollard was one of the people taking shots at Lamar saying he wasn't that good and that wide receivers don't want to play with him. But let me tell you, wide receivers will play anywhere they can get some money and have fun. Of course, Tyreek Hill's going to Miami and that's Tua who knows if he can get the ball to him. There's a lot of different scenarios where wide receivers just end up in random places. And I don't think that's why that Lamar hasn't had the weapons that he's needed. So as we go into this season, we'll see where he ends up long-term. And finally, we close things out. Remember in the good old days when you found out how much EA Sports really hated your football team by just seeing what the Madden score was for them? Now on ESPN, they will host a Madden Ratings Week from July 18th to the 23rd. It's going to be hosted by Laura Rutledge, Mina Kimes, and Lewis Riddick. And it will feature interviews with players as they talk about the ratings that they're given. These kids today, they really just don't understand what we went through. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast. Make that your second listen. Coming up on Monday, we're going to talk about the MLB All-Star Game. At least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.